not only our name, but the name of every other mortal that has ever lived on the earth. It's hard for me to comprehend myself, actually. The billions of people that have lived on the earth, and yet the Lord knows every one of them. He knows exactly where they will stand in the last day, how to judge each one of them according to what they heard, according to what they knew. You ever just think about that? It's just overwhelming. As I've traveled around the earth and you go into a lot of major airports and you see thousands times thousands and thousands of people and you go into the major cities of the world, I've been into many of them, and you just see hordes and hordes of people and you think, where do they all fit? How does it all happen? How does it all work? But I'm so glad our God knows where everybody fits. Isn't it a privilege for us to be together tonight? Turn with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 6. Now, let me just say here tonight that I have preached um, from Joshua, chapter 6, for many, many years. And I spoke about it here not long ago. But I'm going to preach about it tonight in a way that I have never spoke on before. As a matter of fact, never even thought of it before until this evening. I thought that I was ready for tonight, had a nice little sermon all put together, a lot of really good scriptures, a lot of good quotes, and I just thought it was a really good sermon. But the Lord pushed pause on that one and wanted me to bring this one to you tonight. So what I want to speak to you tonight is on this thought. Going in circles. Going in circles. Joshua 6, 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. I'll tell you, brother, sister, when the children of God are marching, hell is upset. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Now, for those of you who know history very well, you know that Jericho is the oldest, longest inhabited city on the entire earth. The earth. No older city than Jericho as far as inhabitants being there. And ye shall compass the city all ye men of war, and go round, listen carefully, round about the city once. You'll go round about. In other words, going in circles. You'll go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. So they're going in circles for a total of seven days. Six days, absolutely nothing will happen. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times. So on the seventh day, compass it seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they shall make a long blast with a ram's horn, 
And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. Now notice, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. How many like to be remembered tonight as we pray, have a need, a request on your heart? Those of you that are invisible to us tonight, I'm sure you do as well. Can we just bow our heads and approach the Lord? Heavenly Father, we love you so much tonight. We're thankful, Lord Jesus, for all that you mean to us. Lord, how we appreciated that song. You know our name. Not only our human name, but our divine name. Lord God, we're so thankful that you know all about us. You know about all the journey of life that we'll have. You know the difficulties and the happy times that we'll have. You know all of that. Lord, those things will take us by surprise down here. Yet nothing has ever taken you off guard or by surprise. So it gives us confidence in you and in your word. So as we endeavor to look into your word tonight and as I endeavor to bring what you placed on my heart this evening, I pray that you would help me, Lord. May you capture our attention, our thoughts, speak to us as only you can do, Father. We commit the speaker, the hearers, and the word into your great hands. For it's in the name of the Lord Jesus that we ask it. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So according to archaeological digs into the carbon-14 dating, as far as what they've been able to take it back to about the time of Joshua. Jericho was many different sizes and different time frames, smaller sometimes, larger sometimes. But by the carbon-14 dating that they've been able to come up with so far, the circumference of the city of Jericho in the time that Joshua and the children of Israel would have been marching around it was about a half a mile. So the circumference, as you had started out from wherever point that they started on day one, and they march around and they make a complete loop all the way around the city on day one, and they would come back to where they started, and they would have covered about a half a mile. So that would have been a total of marching about six and a half miles in seven days. Now, that wouldn't really be that much for a runner. That wouldn't be that much. Some of you can probably walk. I know there's people here that can ride their bicycle a whole lot farther than that in a day. But if you were sick, or if you were weary, or if you were old. Now, can you imagine trying to walk? Now, remember when they come out of the land of Egypt, the Bible says there was not one feeble among them. But it doesn't say this about this trek in Jericho. So that was something God gave them for that little time frame of coming out of the land of Egypt. But it only lasted for a while. For the rest of the time, they got sick, they got tired, they got weary, they got feeble, they got old, and all of that. So for you to be able to walk a half a mile on day one, a half a mile on day two, and so on, until day seven. 
And then on day seven, you're going to make seven trips around. So half a mile, half a mile, half a mile, half a mile, half a mile. Well, what if you're sick? Well, what if you're just down that day and you just don't feel like walking? Well, you know, a lot of the victory would have depended upon the faithfulness of the people. Now, I'm I'm sure that we're probably all more alike than we are different. I, I would imagine that for almost everybody here under the sound of my voice, that you go through times in your life to where that you feel like you're just in circles. You know, I've never really... Uh, geographical diagrams and drawings, a circle has never been one of my favorite. I like a trapezoid. I like a pyramid. I even like a square, bigger, better than a circle. A rectangle, they're just, I've got favorite, you know, as we all have. I just have favorite uh, of those measures, but a circle, it just seemed like to me that you're not going anywhere. It just seemed like that you're going around and around and you're seeing the same things and the same people and you're feeling the same way and it's like the sun comes up the same way, it sets the same way. You know, I believe sometimes the reason that people get weary even with going to church is because they're in a church circle instead of a church pyramid. And they go to church and to them, church is the same ever service. So it don't make a difference who's preaching, who's singing a special song, what's going on to them. It's just church as usual. Well, you know, I, I find that pretty sad myself and pretty disappointing because it depends on what you and I will expect church to be and what we put into it will be a lot of what we get out of it. So a lot of people, they just get to that in their walk with God. A lot of people in their marriage, they're in a marriage circle. So they just go around and around and around and around. And the husband gets tired of the wife. Now, of course, from this point on until I get done with this, nobody says anything. Everybody sits there and smiles except for the single people. And they all say amen because they ain't married yet. But all the married people, if they're not really careful, they will get in a circle. And you get up and you do the same old things every day and you say the same old things and she responds to the same things that you've said for the last 45 years and she responds with the same old things and then you respond in the same old way and you go to Walmart the same time and you get the same old groceries and the, you know, the same old, same old, same old. And people get so bored with the drudgery of marriage. And the devil knows that. That's why he wants to cause them to do something outside of marriage. To bring a little bit of excitement to the marriage. Well, it's the same way with church. It's the same way with our walk with God. I wonder how many of us tonight, if we would be able to look at the geographical measure that would perfectly describe our life. Would it be a trapezoid? Would it be a pyramid? 
Would it be a rectangular? Would it be a square? Would it be a very complex design? Or would it be just a circle that we went around and around and the devil knows what we're going to do. He knows the prayer we're going to pray. He knows the way we're going to clap our hands three times and then stop. And then one and then we stop again and three times and then amen, three amens and 14 oh my's and then three oh my, oh my. And he, he got us right down. I'll tell you what, every now and then we need to just kind of change that to mess with the devil if nothing else. Just so he don't know what we're doing. But uh, what, I, what I looked at this evening as the Lord started dealing with my heart about this was that there were three, now listen to words that the Lord spoke to me. That they were moving on and they're going to uh, day one and day two and day three and day four and day five and day six. And this is what the Lord told me this afternoon. That these were non-miracle days. Non-miracle, non-miraculous days. So they had six non-miraculous days. Days by which they're going to do the same thing over and over again. So the priests are going to do a certain thing. And they're going to walk a certain way. And the people are not allowed to say anything at all. Day one, day two, through day six. So it was going to become what seemingly would be very methodical. And it could seem as if so nothing was happening. And I wonder if in our lives sometimes that we don't get into these non-miraculous circles of everyday walk with God. Now, maybe you're different from me, but I have a lot more non-miraculous days than I do miraculous days. Now, I love the miraculous days when they come, don't you? I love it when they're there, but I have to be honest with you. I have more days that are non-miraculous than I do that are miraculous. But I wonder, are those days in vain? Or are those days not necessary and essential to lead up to the seventh miraculous day? Now, if we did not have the six days of our life, would they not lead consecutively up to the seventh miraculous day? But if they were not there, I wonder, would the seventh day be as miraculous without the prior six? Now, you see, it's in these non-miraculous days whenever we are simply obeying the word. We're doing what God says. We go to church, we read our Bible, we pray, we live right, we do good deeds, we do good works, praise the Lord. We do all the things that we're supposed to do and yet by the end of the day when it comes, well, you was asking God for a healing or a miracle, didn't happen. Day two, you go to church or you read your Bible, you go to work, you pray, you do all those things, end of the day, no miracle again. Day three, day four, day five, day six, but yet you did everything the same way. You loved the Lord, you lived right that day, you obeyed his word, and you praised him for what you believe he's going to do, but he didn't do it yet, but you kept on praising him anyhow. Anybody gonna hear me tonight? 
Now, I wonder if we don't look sometimes at the seventh day of the miraculous and make it the greatest day of all. And we live, if we're not careful, we would like every day of the week to be number seven. So Monday would be seven, Tuesday would be seven, Wednesday would be seven, Thursday would be seven, Friday, you understand, Saturday and Sunday, and then the beginning of the next week, it would all be seven, 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 seven. Well, what you're wanting is the millennium right now, but I hate to tell you, it ain't here yet. But in this cycle of life that we're in, we more than likely will have more non-miraculous days than we will the miraculous. Now, God does this, of course, for a reason, to check our faithfulness and to make sure that we won't get weary. And I've got to be honest with you, sometimes I do. Anybody else in here get weary? You know, it's amazing that the miraculous days generally don't make me weary. Now, if I could just figure out how that works. It, I, I just have such a good day on miraculous days. And when everything is going good, when I do have one of them days, let me see, how many years has it been since I've had one of them days that everything during that day was good? Let me think about it, and I'll get back with you on that one. But, you know, it's those types of days when we can become so weary and worn. Anybody know what I'm saying? Now, I want you to notice, uh, continuing here in Joshua 6, 12, that the word says, and Joshua rose up early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets and the armed men went before them. But the re-reward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city, which meant they circled it again. They compassed the city once and returned into the camp so they did six days. So they've got six circles, six non-miraculous circle days. Nobody shouted, nobody run, nobody jumped. You couldn't even get them to say amen. God told them not to say one word. So it was a very non-eventful six days. They're not singing, they're not worshiping, and this is one of the hardest things in the world for a human being to keep their mouth shut. Can you imagine? That was a miracle within itself. So they couldn't complain. They couldn't praise. They couldn't pray. They just couldn't do anything. Now, I would imagine when they got back to their tent, they'd done all of the above and more included. Now, can you, you just, in your mind, as I imagine in mine, Brother Nathan, that they would walk out there and they would do this. It would take them however long to walk a half a mile. Now, they was not all athletes, of course, and they would have the old and the feeble and the infirm. They did not have ambulances to be able to tote them around. They did not have wheelchairs, as far as we know. So maybe the pace was quite slow. It was not as fast as some of the others would have liked for it to be. So it would have probably taken a good while because they had around two and a half million people. So they're going pretty slow. So it would have been, you know, uh, quite a while. So from the time they start until they get done, and you imagine some, and they're speed walkers. And they're caught plumb back at the rear end, the re-reward. Now that's the way some of us are. We want God to do it now. 
because we are Laodiceans. We've got microwave popcorn. We've got instant mashed potatoes. We've got instant coffee. And we want an instant God to go along with our instant coffee. But God has not changed even though your meals have. God don't have a pop it in and pop it out 30 second warm up and you get it. No, God still goes the old fashioned God way. And that is he will try us like never before. So here they go. They won absolutely uneventful at all. No miracles, no healings, no signs, no wonders. So they all do. They finally get two and a half million people around this half a mile track and they all go back to the camp. Now you imagine they go to get together and say, what in the world was that all even for? I don't even understand. What did we just do? Did you feel anything, Brother Paul? Did you feel anything, Brother Rob? What about the rest of you, Brother Fred? Well, did you feel anything when we ran around? Brother John, did you feel any tingles or anything up and down your spine? Or did you hear anything? Was there anything? Did I miss it? Anybody see a vision? Anybody catch a dream? Anybody feel anything supernatural that happened in this? No, no, I, I didn't see a thing. I didn't feel a thing. I didn't hear a thing. The pillar of fire wasn't there as far as I know. The cloud wasn't there. Uh, I, I'm not even sure why we was doing this. Well, maybe tomorrow will be better. So they come back to church on Sunday morning and then they're there and now they kind of start the same way and the song leader gets up. Well, I mean, he's happy to be here today. Well, they still remember Wednesday night. So they're kind of sitting there. Why? In the form of a circle. That's their mentality. Now God wants them to be a trapezoid on that service, but they've still got this circle mentality and you're not moving them out of it. I don't care what you do. Well, I feel sorry for the song leader sometime. You come in, you're all loaded down with everything in the world on you and they're trying to get you all pumped up and they're trying to get you up to receive the word. Y'all appreciate our brothers. I said y'all appreciate them. Y'all try to cooperate with them and help them. They're trying to do it for you. So day two goes by, nothing, another non-eventful day, not one miracle, we have no record whatsoever that anything happened on day one up through day six. So it must have been be very obvious to the people by now, by the time they reach day three, four, five, oh, you mean we gotta do it again today, huh? We got to go back out. So I was at church Sunday. I didn't feel one thing. Uh, you mean I got to go back again tonight? Well, what if I don't feel anything tonight? Well, if you don't, maybe come back Sunday and it'll be your day. Well, what if I don't? I'd keep coming back until it is your day. Because your seventh day will arrive. Now, it may be longer than seven. Sometimes I've found seven days turn into seven weeks, and I'm just hoping it don't turn into seven years. <laughs> you know, but God always knows exactly what he's doing, does he not? So when you calculate this up now, it would have been a total of 13 times that they march around the city. So they would have ran around Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That would have been six times. Now on, on the seventh day, of course, they go around seven. So seven and six, as you know, is 13. So they go around this thing 13 times, uh, an accumulation of six and a half miles that they walk around this city. 
And all six days prior to this have been non-miraculous. My goodness, I love that word. I was just overwhelmed today when the Lord spoke that to me. I'm not sure that Webster even knows about that word, but it don't matter to me. Apparently, it's, it ranks in heaven. So that's all that matters to me anyway. So six days were non-miraculous. They were non-eventful. Nobody felt anything. Nobody heard the wind. Nobody saw the pillar of fire. And maybe some of them got up on the seventh day. So you mean we got to go through this whole deal again today? Oh, no, you're missing it. We've got to go around it seven times today. Seven times. Now, remember the sick, the feeble, they had not been healed on day one. They had not been healed. There's no record one miracle had all happened on those days. What are they doing? They're making circles around Jericho. So around and around and around they go. You know, Satan loves himself to use circles. Now listen to me. God will use them at times in order to prove a point. But Satan loves to get people in circles almost like a merry-go-round. To where people get on this thing and it's like they cannot get off. Now, I, as I said, circles has never been one of my favorite things because my balance is really weird in my head, always has been. So as a child, I could never go around and around, ride any type of ride, my goodness, around or two, and I'm laying on the floor sick as a dog. So I never really enjoyed circles. But you can imagine whenever we get on the merry-go-round of Satan's scheme of life and he will get you on this thing, maybe it's a besetting sin or maybe it's something going on in your life and you're in this unending cycle of this circle and you do wrong and you repent and you do wrong and you repent and you do wrong and you repent and you say to God, I'll never do it again and I'm sorry, Lord, and I'll never do it again, but you wind up doing it again and then you repent and then you do it again and then you repent and then you do it again. You're not on a trapezoid. You're not on a pyramid. You're on a circle. Oh, hallelujah. But if it was the Lord God who gave me this today, this evening, I believe tonight we can break some of these circles. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my so here they go around with all the accumulation now of the six and seven days. So they trek this half a mile and they walk all the accumulation of it. It would have been a total of six miles in 13 times. So a total of 13 times or six and a half miles. But on the 12th time, it would have been a total of six miles that they walked and absolutely nothing happened. So they went around and around and around and around for 12 times and saw nothing. Now, you don't have to raise your hand tonight, but if you came to church here, 12 services, felt nothing, got nothing out of service, would you come back 13? Oh, some of you ain't going to say, are you? <laughs> Got to think it through, huh? So 12 laps they make no change whatsoever. Now, I find this so strange, Brother Fred, because 13 is not one of God's divine numbers. Actually, 13 shows up in the book of Revelation. Of course, that numbers our, our nation. And 13 is not, a, is not a good number, but yet 13, it was on the 13th round that actually the miraculous started taking place. 
Now, why not on 12, which is, of course, a patriarchal number, which is the 12 tribes of Israel? Why would God choose round 13 in order to bring his deliverance? Well, I don't have the answer for you, but I'll give you something to think about anyway. So you can imagine now 12 times they go around, nothing happens, non-miraculous trips, another and another and another, absolutely nothing takes place. What is God doing? God is doing to them what God does to us sometimes, and that is God is checking us out on trip one, trip two, trip three, trip four, on up to trip 12, and see will we become so weary in the non-eventful trips that we say, I'm not going back anymore. But you see, even though it might not have seemed like that God was doing anything, God was taking notice of their behavior. In these non-miraculous days, they were still doing what God said do. You see, we want to get God's attention, don't we? Don't we want God's attention tonight? Well, I'll tell you how we get it. It's not by combing our hair on a certain side of our head or we all decide, well, I'll wear white on Sunday. No, that's not how we get God's attention. We get God's attention by keeping his word. Now, that's what God loves is when people will keep his word. So God is listening to what they're saying. God is watching what they're doing. And God is seeing that they are obedient. They feel nothing. They see nothing. They can tell no difference at all. Now, remember, 12 trips around this, a total of six miles all told, and they have seen not one thing, not one little tiny gravel fell off from the top. Not one little bitty rock fell out from the middle of the wall. They saw nothing. They heard nothing. They could tell no change whatsoever. But yet they were doing what God had told them to do under their leader, Joshua. I wish somebody would say amen. You see, obeying the word in non-miraculous days is what makes the word made manifest on the miraculous day. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'll tell you, I just about had me a spell this evening when he spoke that to me. Obeying the word in non-miraculous days is what makes the miraculous day. Whether it's day five, day seven, day 10, day 30, whatever it is, it's you being faithful to the word of God. That man wants to be faithful. Notice this scripture, I love this, in Galatians chapter six, verse nine. I know that you know it, but if you don't know it, this ought to be one of your favorites when you get down and weary. And let us not be weary in well-doing. Weary in well-doing. Look at the meaning of this word. To be utterly spiritless. To be utterly spiritless. How many knows what it feels like to be down in your spirit? I'll tell you one thing, if you don't, oh my goodness, it, it is absolutely incredible how you feel. I have been so low in my spirit at times and the longer I'm there, my physical body will start reacting and responding. 
And I guarantee if I went to a doctor, they checked my respiration, they checked my heart, they checked all those things and said, there's nothing wrong with you. There's absolutely nothing wrong. You're, you're, this is good and that is good and that is good. It's all just psychological. Well, in one way, they're right, but it's more than the psyche of man. It's in the second realm of man, which is man's spirit. You know what I'm saying, don't you? When you get down and you get weary and you read the Bible, you listen to tapes, you go to church and you're pressing and you're trying your best and it seems like you just cannot get what you need from God, what's going on? That's when God is allowing us to be tried. And we must prove to God, day one, day two, through day 12, I am not giving up God. I am not turning back, not only to God, but let the devil know, you ain't knocking me out. I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. Notice this is from a man who understood weariness. Oh my. You imagine how low that Paul must have seemed sometimes sitting in the Roman prison. As you know, he was in there like three to four times. Whenever he wrote some of the great epistles of the New Testament and spoke about being free, that man was writing about freedom and being free in Christ Jesus, sitting locked up in a prison, couldn't receive his friends, could not go out and preach. How could a man that was thrown in jail write about freedom? You think that man didn't get weary? You think he didn't get down and think, God, what in the world am I doing in prison? I'd be so much better off out there preaching. I'm a preacher. Lord, I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet. How can I, how can I be in the will of God, not out there? Oh, let me tell you something. Whenever Brother Eugene Kennedy passed, I was there visiting his wife and his son. They're here tonight. And his other family members, his brother and a few more that was there, Brother Andrew Glover. And while we were sitting there talking before Brother Eugene passed, and the Lord just dropped some inspiration down there and give me a thought. And I told them, I said, you know, some people are known in life for what they do and what they accomplish, and they can do this and that and the other. And then, but the Lord gave me this thought. Some people are known for what they do, but they're known for what they're not allowed to do. Brother Eugene was a very talented individual. He told me that their washer or their dryer would tear up. He would lay there in the bed, unable to get up. And he would tell Sister Janet to get a screwdriver and get a 316 socket and get this and that and the other. And Sister Janet fixed her dryer several times via him laying in the bed. Don't you know he would much rather got up himself and took those tools, but he was not known just for what he could do. But he remained faithful when God took it away from him. Come on, children, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, how many people are sick and would love to come to the house of God? How many people would love to be up and about and doing their housework and this and that and the other, but yet God in his glory somehow is going to use their testimony for a greater portion of the glory of God. They're not just known for what they do, but they're known for what they're deprived of doing, and yet they are still faithful. They get up and say, the Lord gave and the Lord took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, it's on those non-miraculous days, those non-eventful days. It's not hard to praise God when the walls are laying crumble down everywhere. It's not hard to praise God whenever we turn in a testimony and here's a scan of a growth and here's another scan three years later.
leader and the growth is gone. Well, my goodness, nearly anybody can shout. Somebody that ain't ever even shouted feels like running around a little bit. But whenever the doctor says it's bad, whenever the or whoever more says it don't look good, can you still say, praise God, I was brought on the earth by the Lord and the devil cannot take me. Oh, we need to remind him, hallelujah, you don't belong to the devil. I don't belong to the devil. My life is not his. Your life is not his. He cannot take me. He cannot control me. He cannot control you. Even on non-miraculous days, my God is still God. Even on non-eventful days, my God is a winner and I am a winner. My God is a conqueror and I am a conqueror. Let us not be weary to be utterly spiritless, to be wearied out and exhausted. Anybody ever get exhausted? Maybe some of you just feel plum tuckered out. That's a good theological term, isn't it? Just, just wore out. You know, Daniel prophesied that that would be one of the things that Satan would do in the last days, that he would try to wear out the saints. He doesn't give up on many of your souls. He doesn't see that pillar of fire apparently hanging in that realm of your soul. He knows, I can't do none of that soul no more, but I can sure aggravate their spirit. I can sure aggravate their thoughts. I can sure aggravate their mind. I'll try to just wear them out. Make them weary. I'll let them go on to church and just let them go there and sit like a bump on a pickle. No, we're not bumps and we're not pickles. We come here to worship God. The Bible says we are lively stones in the house of the Lord. So we've not come just to take up space. We've not come. Well, I reckon I'll go. I ain't gonna get nothing out of it. No, we need to go and say, Lord, tonight might be my night. But if it ain't tonight, I'm coming back Sunday. And if it ain't Sunday, I'm coming back Wednesday. And I'm coming back the next Sunday because my day is coming. Let us not be weary and well-doing. Anybody here ever been weary and well-doing? A few of us. God bless you cherubims that are here with us tonight. We're so happy that you would grace us with your presence. <laughs> I guarantee you we've been weary. This is from a man himself who become weary. Let us, Paul's talking to himself, let us not be weary in well-doing. You mean a person can get weary in doing great and doing well. They're doing exactly what God wants them to do. But for Brother Fred, how can that be? Because it's them non-miraculous days that you can get so weary. I'll tell you one thing I love, getting great testimonies in the emails and texts and things like that. I can't wait to share them with people. It's so encouraging. But it can be a little bit circular whenever you're waiting from one testimony to another. Unless, of course, by eyes of faith, you say, I'm going to go ahead and declare it. Another one's in the mailbox. There's another one on the way. <laughs> oh, glory. Let us not be weary and well-doing. For in... Ah, not our season, but due season. In due season, 
we shall reap if we faint not. Now look at this word. It's, it's from the same root Greek, or Greek word, rather. <clears throat> and it means to dissolve. So if we don't faint or dissolve, if we just don't dissolve, metaphorically, to weaken, relax, exhaust, to be enfeebled through exhaustion. To be enfeebled through exhaustion. To grow weak, to grow weary, to be tired out, to despond and become faint-hearted. So we will reap as long as we don't become this. Despondent, faint-hearted. Well, I guess I just, I guess I just ain't going to get my healing. I guess I might as well just accept it. I'll always be crippled. I'll always uh, be this or that or the other. I, I, I might as well just, because I've tried and I've tried. I, I've, I've walked six miles around this city. Ain't nothing happened yet. I, I, it's easy for anybody to see. I'm just making circles. And this arthritis is so painful. I reckon I might as well just go ahead and sign up for it. Well, I guarantee you one thing. If you sign up for it, the devil will have the FedEx guy by the end of the week with another box for you. And then the next week, he'll have three or four more special deliveries for you. So if I was you, even through the pain and the agony, and the tears. I'd box up that bunch of snakes and send them right back straight to hell and said, them ain't mine. You get out of here, devil, you're a liar. I may be having a non-eventful day. I may be having a non-miraculous day, but on this non-miraculous day, I'm still praising God. Well, what are you gonna do today, Brother Donnie? I'm gonna package up them rattlesnakes and say, return to sender. Return to sender. You've got the wrong address. Well, don't you live at 209 Quail Run Court? Well, that's where my body lives at. But my soul is residing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So if you've got depression, don't deliver it to my doorstep. I don't want it. I ain't got time to be depressed. I ain't got time. Come on, children. I ain't got time to listen to the lies of the devil. I ain't got time to say, feel sorry for myself. I ain't got time to say, well, devil, I'll compromise with you. There ain't a compromise compromising bone in my body. I'll fight until I ain't got no more breath to fight with. I'll preach until I can't preach no more. I'll sing, I'll shout, I'll worship, I'll praise. Hallelujah, I ain't got time for the devil. I ain't got time for you, Satan. Notice Joshua 6, 16, and it came to pass at the seventh time. When the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, nod. And they all started nodding. 
Joshua said unto the people, For the Lord has given you the city. Do you understand? He was giving it to them on day one, day two, day three. Now remember, he's done said it past tense. The Lord has already given it to you. That's why people think we're absolutely crazy whenever we claim our healing. And you may actually get worse after you make that claim and you accept that promise is yours. I'll tell you one thing. I've been studying some this evening and looking up on the Bill of Rights and all that and looking at some more things and I found some absolutely astounding statements that the prophet said the devil has not one legal right against you and I. But you know what he is? He's a bluff and a liar. I said he's a bluff and a liar. Also found it astounding that he said the Lord Jesus robbed the devil. I thought, isn't that ironic? So the Lord Jesus robbed the biggest robber that's ever been. So he robbed him and took away from him any authority or any power that he had. He pulled all of his teeth. He ain't got no power against you as a believer. And then he gives you the Holy Ghost to believe his word and enforce the promise in your soul. Oh, glory to God. Now listen how it works. Listen to prophet now. Now if you'll notice the subconscious is where you live. That's where you yourself live. That's the reason it's people, it's hard for them to have faith. Up here, First, they say, yes, I got faith. But down in here, something says, but it's not for you. Now, part of it is the conscience and the other, the subconscious. Of course, the conscience works on mental faith from the mind. It's like a ship going across the sea. The man up here in the deck, you look at him and you say, he's running the ship. No, he isn't running the ship. The man down on the bowels of the ship is running the ship, the engineer. Now, what if he'd ring a sign down through and say, so many knots forward, and the man down there would ring and go backwards. So the man up front, the guy with the really nice hat on, the really nice white hat, you know, the outfit, spotless, just walks around, everybody said, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And he says, so many knots forward. But the man down in the engine room says, I'm going backwards. Now, which way do you figure they're going to go? Well, the man down there's got the controls. You see, this is the way we are. Oh, my. Now, notice this. He says, the man down there would ring and go backwards. So what if he'd say, go to the right? And he'd turn to the left. And the man up there couldn't steer it. The man down on the inside is the one that sends the ship. Well, this fellow up here says, I believe God heals. Mm -hmm. And I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your subconscious down there says, but it's not for you. So the man up here says, hallelujah. I believe Hebrews 13. Yes, sir, I believe it's the truth. And then when you go to declaring it, I'm healed. I'm healed. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That little fear, that little something there will kind of hold you back. You know what it is? It's the guy in the engine room. It's the subconscious. And the subconscious don't want you to say what he says. 
I remember years ago when I preached on that about the Titanic and the iceberg and how that it ripped the side of it and it was from the bottom down that it was basically the same thing here. Now he says, notice, well, the fellow up here, I believe God heals and I believe he's the same yesterday and forever. And your subconscious down there says, but it's not for you. Now watch him, he goes on to say, you imagine this in 1954. Now if you get the man up there to say, forward, and the man down here say, forward, you'll go forward. If you can get God to say, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. The first conscience said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. And the subconscience say, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. You're going forward. Praise be to God. Now, whenever the subconscious aligns with God's word and the first conscience aligns with God's word, guess what you do? You break out of your circles. Now, having flown in different parts of the world, and many of y'all know having flown into Atlanta, that Atlanta does not get the title of being the world's busiest airport for nothing. Many a time, whether coming into Atlanta or going, coming out, you know, coming from Tri-Cities or coming from wherever, Johannesburg, South Africa, wherever you're coming from, and you will get into your flight pass. And then the captain will come on, ladies and gentlemen, the traffic is backed up, and we're going to be circling Atlanta. So they will have this flight, flight 343 from Johannesburg, South Africa. Well, they got another one coming from Istanbul. They've got another one coming from Cairo, Egypt. They got another one coming from Tri-Cities. Another one from Asheville. Another one from Charlotte. Another one from here. Well, what do they do? They put them all out. Now here they are circling around Atlanta. Well, I'm glad they spaced them apart, don't you? I'm really glad they spaced them apart. So here you go. I mean, you're going like this. I've sat right there and I'm saying, Lord, don't let this thing fall out of the air. I mean, you're just going around and around and around. Oh, I can't do that long. I gotta have a straight path. <laughs> what do you do? You find yourself going around and then the pilot's voice will come on and say, ladies and gentlemen, we have been cleared to land. Well, whenever they say that, then the stewardesses, of course, start moving up and down, picking up any paper and cups and all that sort of thing. And you can feel the cabin as it goes to changing. And you can feel as it's going down, down, down. You can watch it. And then what I was listening for is the landing gear. And the landing gear will come down. I never did like the thoughts of landing on the belly of that thing. So I'm always glad when I hear that thing go, and then another, and then the one up front, the nose gear, and they say, yeah, here we are. Here we come in like this. Why? Because we got out of the circle. What are we doing? Where are we going? Nowhere. We're simply going around and around. Flight 13 is going around and around, and the Methodists are going around and around, and the Baptists are going around and around, and if we're not careful, us as message people, we just make our own circle and start the same thing. And we just, well, we go to church and we do this and we all gather over to the fellowship hall. I don't want that to be our church. I don't want that to be our destiny. We don't want it to get in a circle where we don't pray and we don't praise and we don't worship and we don't reach out to God. Even on non-miraculous days, we're gonna praise him. When God says, I'm the Lord that healeth thee, and the subconscious or this conscience said, I believe it's so, 
And the subconscious said, are you quite sure? You see, some of these voices that y'all have heard, been hearing, and you're thinking it's demons, it's worse than that. It's you. You understand, sometimes it's a lot easier to get rid of that devil than it is to get rid of your thinking. So you're thinking the devil's doing this and the devil, it ain't that. It's that man down in the engine room, he's afraid. He's afraid to say, speak to this body and say, in the name of Jesus, turn me loose. Hallelujah. I read a quote this evening and I sent it to Erica. Brother Ram said, I want those of you that are sick, I'm going to say this prayer, but I want you to pray it. Surely, he said, you think that I know how to defeat demons. So I'm going to tell you what to say. Praise God. So he began to say the words, and you listen to the tape, and you can hear the people as the people are repeating the words. Because he's standing there. Oh, glory. He's standing there. Oh, he knows his position. Day seven has arrived. You imagine as them devils started clearing out of that place. Oh, my goodness. As that prophet began to put the right words, the right words of victory in the mouths of those people. And they said, now, I'm going to say it, but I want you to pray it. And he begins to tell them what to say. Now, Satan, you've lost all legal rights. Come out of me. Leave my body in the name of Jesus Christ. You can hear the people as they go to rejoice and blessing God. Why? Because that devil, oh, hallelujah, had to obey those words that were given to that prophet from God I'll tell you, friend, when we can line up the subconscious and the first conscience with God's promise, day seven has arrived. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Oh, my. Let me jump down here and read this other, and we'll close here shortly. Thinking on our way, Cleveland, Tennessee, 1959. May there come revivals that'll just set their hearts afire. Many thousands be brought to Christ. Let it start now, Lord, and scatter throughout the world. Ere the coming of the Lord Jesus, when the pressing times and the battle and the fog will be low. And we will not know which way to go. You know, David said it this way, that it would come, the people would be at the place. They would be at their wit's end. Their wit's end. They wouldn't know what else to do. They wouldn't know the way out. They wouldn't know which way to turn. We're there, friends. Notice he said, the fog will be low and we will not know which way to go, but be walking in circles. Let us find him. Praise God. Let us find him now who was a very present help in the time of trouble. Can you imagine now here the prophet is relating a time when we would walk in circles and we would need him to help get us out of this vicious cycle. If you're in that cycle tonight, whether it's a besetting sin or you're dealing with this sickness or this disease and instead of getting better, it's getting worse, let us find him tonight. 
This, this is in Cleveland, Tennessee, just uh, east there, I guess it would be, out of, uh, out before you get to Chattanooga, those of you that are familiar with the area. And Brother Branham, in the further part of this quote, in the beginning of it, he says, God, may there be a revival that'll break forth in Tennessee. I saw, praise God, amen. amen. Let us find him now who is present, present help in the time of troubles, for we ask it in his name and for his glory. Deuteronomy chapter two, verse one. Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spake unto me. And we compassed Mount Seir many days. Uh huh. You know what the word compass means? In circle. So we went around and around and around and around Mount Seir. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed, look at the meaning of it, surround, encircle, be brought around to march or walk around, circle about, make a circuit. God said, You have been walking in this circle, this mountain, long enough. Turn you northward. Praise God. Praise God. Marching in circles. Let me close. My mind goes back to one more individual by the name of Samson. A man that great tool for God but he kept fooling with things till it finally overtook him. He'd fool with it and repent and go back at it again and repent, go back at it again. But eventually under Delilah, it took him. Got his eyes, got his covenant, got his strengths. And now they've got Samson chained to a mill. You imagine him as he goes round and round and round. Not a trapezoid, not a pyramid of seven church ages, but a circle. And the Philistines' meal, grinding meal for their flour and their biscuits and their bread, laughing, ridiculing, making fun of him. But the Bible says his hair began to grow back out. What was it? The seventh day was fixing to arrive. Praise God. But in non-miraculous days, Samson was repenting. In non-miraculous days, the prophet uses him on this character whenever he preaches about thinking on your way. And he said, Samson began to think on his way. And he began to remember those great days of victory. And we remember, of course, what happened, that they was having a great celebration for Dagon. And the prophet tells us that this great Colosseum was built in the shape of a mushroom. So it was real large canopy on the top and had two great pillars structurally designed. So the weight of the whole canopy of the top of the mushroom would be on these two pillars. How many non-miraculous days did he have? They would go round and round and they'd barely feed him, beat him, ridicule him, make fun of him. 
Oh, glory. But in these non-miraculous days, he was repenting, getting right with God. God had a victory coming for him. Oh, when they bring him out and he's led out by a little lad, not a great guy, but a little small child, more humiliation. And he speaks to the little lad and said, place me next to the pillars. And Samson began to feel and his hair had already grown out. What was happening inch by inch, day by day, his hair was growing. Repentance was adding the virtue to his body and the covenant was being restored. All those non-miraculous days is gonna lead to the biggest miracle of his entire life. Praise the Lord. And as Samson stands there and he said, oh Lord, one more time, remember me. Remember me, Lord, once more. And the Spirit of God came on him and he began to push on them two pillars and that great mushroom-shaped Colosseum began to shiver and quake and shake under the power of God. And the Bible tells us that Samson killed more the day of his death than he did his entire lifetime. Why, those non-miraculous days led to the ultimate victory of his life. Sometimes we look and well, my, how many prayers have we prayed for Brother Eugene Kennedy? How many prayers have we prayed for others? And yet the Lord took them on with saying, oh no, oh, that was wasted. By no means it was not wasted at all. God heard every prayer that we prayed concerning those things. And God had a will. That's absolutely right. I, we can't determine that. We have no way to know who it is or who it is. Well, Brother Donnie, because we pray for some and they die, should we continue on? Absolutely. A death sentence from one does not mean it's a death sentence for the other. Only God can decree that. Don't you let the devil even use a saint as your example because that saint's life come to an end. It does not mean your life is gonna come to an end. If God's gonna draw you, God will let you know. God's prophet said he will never call you from the earth until he makes it known to you. Stand. <laughs> so where are you? If I get stuck in this circle for six months, y'all might as well plan on me being back. I'm not going to stay home. If I don't feel him, if I pray and he don't answer, I'm not staying home. Now, you may think that works for you, but I'm going to tell you right now, it don't work for you either. No, it don't work for you. It's crazy how people do it. They stay away from church, and that's the worst thing that they could do. That's the very thing they need to do is keep coming back and keep showing God on those non-miraculous days. I'm gonna praise you. I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna adore you. I'm gonna raise my hands if I don't feel one thing. I'm gonna praise you, Lord God, because of who you are. Friends, we praise God for the wrong reason. We're supposed to praise him because of who he is. 
not what you feel. You don't praise God because of what you feel and what you get out of it. You praise him because of who he is. He's the almighty, he's the omnipotent, he's wonderful, he's all powerful. Whenever you get that right in your head, you'll praise him whether you feel him or whether you don't. Now let me share this with you. One of the most difficult parts of this journey is trying to figure out is God got me in this circle and he's trying me? Or has Satan got me in this circle trying to blind me? You see, it wasn't the devil that got them in that circle of marching around Jericho. God did that. And God will let you and I go in those things in our life just to see. He's going to try you. Almighty God is going to try you. I ain't talking about being tipped to the devil. I'm talking about Almighty God trying you to see if you will become weary and you will just take the back seat. God will try you. <laughs> well, when he tries me, I'm going to be like old Jacob. Now, Lord, I'll hurt you. Back off, Lord, I'll, I'll hurt you. You understand what I'm saying? Well, some of you are so puny and weak, goodness gracious, a little old, a little old gnat can go. <laughs> what are you going to do when God himself meets you and said, out of my way, Dave? You stand there and say, no, Jesus, I don't want to hurt you, but I will if I have to. I got to be changed. I got to be changed. I can't leave this place. You imagine old Jacob standing and saying, Lord, I'm telling you, I will hurt you. I will hurt you. Of course, we found out who got hurt out of that deal, didn't we? But his mind was made up. He walked in there whole, and he walked out a limping prince, but he was never the same again. Whatever I've got to do, whatever you've got to do, that's what we want. So if you're on this merry-go-round of a besetting sin, why don't you stop that thing tonight? Jump off that miracle and say, wait a minute. I'm sick of this. You're married, folks. Your marriage up and down and in and out and up and down and fussing and arguing and fighting. You think you're going to leave a big argument and a big fuss and go flying away in a rapture? I'm telling you, you're not. You need to have peace in your home. You need to stop that argument. The Bible says, obey them that have the rule over you. So I am telling every one of you, quit fussing and arguing. Now, if you don't do it, you're obey, disobeying the word. Woo! Well, glory! Stop that merry-go-round! Stop it all! I can't, I can't! Yes, you can! Get them three folks lined up. God, you, and you. To where you can all say the same thing. I don't have to live this way. I do not have to live this way. Praise God. How many wants to praise him on the non-miraculous days? On the non-eventful Mondays? Well, I shouldn't say that. Most Mondays are very eventful. What gets me is, I'm, I've been in the last little while, it seems like every day I'm having been Monday. I'm thinking, how in the world is this possible that every day is Monday? <laughs> but you know what? I've learned a key. 
Praise him anyhow. Praise him when you're up. Praise him when you're down. Praise him when you're not even sure where you are. Just keep on praising him. You love him with all your heart. You love him with all your heart. If God's got you in a Jericho circle, let me tell you in the name of the Lord Jesus, you will not lose. You cannot lose. Unless you get weary and well done. And you lose spirit and you lose hope. Can you imagine Florence Nightingale laying there? You've seen the picture, most of you. Look like a skeleton. Skin draped over. And when Brother Brennan went to pray for her, she said, pray that I can die. But he said, seeing God had sent me there to hold a healing campaign, I didn't think I could pray she'd die. And then a little dove landed over on the window sill. Praise the Lord. Guess what? Her seventh day had arrived. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. It'll arrive, Brother Larry. Children, how do you know tomorrow won't be your seventh day? But Brother Donnie, what if it ain't? It'll only be a miracle on Friday. And if it don't happen on Friday, Brother Fred, it may happen on Saturday. If it may happen on Sunday, but if it don't, God has it exactly in due season. Jesus is the only one that I know of that can be four days late and still on time. He showed up four days late for Lazarus' funeral. He showed up four days late after Lazarus was sick and he was right on time. You may think he's late, I may think he's late, but whenever you think he's late, he's still on time. Oh, Brother Donnie, it's easy for you to say. You've always got such victory, and you're the preacher. Is it? Is it? Last Friday, Erica got sick, and we had to take her to the hospital. They'd done a brain scan. They found three lesions in her brain. No. Everything don't always go good for me. And what does that change? Absolutely nothing. We still believe he's God. Hallelujah. What does it seem like? A vicious circle. They've got her own steroids. She can't even sit still, sitting there shaking like this. But our God is greater. Amen. We've got a schedule for an MRI on Saturday. Like Harry said, they could be gone by Saturday anyway. But if they ain't, we'll still keep praising it. Right, girls? Here stands our girls tonight. What are they going to do? Keep on serving God. What are they going to do? Keep on praising. You ought to see them when the mama gets sick and we go down there to pray for them. Them little girls gathering all around them. 
getting gathering right there with us and praying and calling on the name of the Lord. Why? We don't know anybody else to turn to. And people say, well, we've got to trust in God. I don't like to look at it that way. I say, I love to trust in God. I choose to trust in God. It ain't like I've got to. I choose to serve him. I choose to worship him. I choose, oh, I wish somebody would hear me tonight. I choose to believe him. I choose to live for him. He ain't never, never done me nothing but good. Why shouldn't I serve him? Why shouldn't I praise him? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why shouldn't we love him? He will break this circle. He will break it. Our day will arrive. Hallelujah. Our seventh day will arrive. The walls will come down. Oh, hallelujah. Let me say how much I love and appreciate y'all. You've stood with us during this whole thing with Erica so wonderfully as Christians. You sisters have prepared meals, and my goodness, it just, I stood the other day talking to one of the brothers about it and just busted out in tears because it just, it just touches my heart to know what y'all have done. The prayers that you've made, thank you. We're not in this alone. It's not just a Parker thing and a Reagan thing. We're a family of God, aren't we? And this is not just so for the pastor's family either. We do you the same way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm waiting for our God to break the circle. On these non-eventful days, on these non-miraculous days, hallelujah. We're going to praise him. We're going to worship him. We're going to believe him. Are we not, church? So whatever your need is tonight, whatever your need is, maybe you're on a merry-go-round of sin, of a besetting sin, a habit, something or another, and you just can't seem to get off of it. May God in his grace reach to you tonight and help you. It might be a little bit scary when that thing is going around and you just think, well, I've got to do it. And you go ahead and stick that foot out or you jump off or whatever you do. It's either that or stay on it for the rest of your life and be miserable. Oh my. But you need to remember and tell Satan, you have no, no legal rights against me. None. You're the one with the legal rights. You know what he is? A bluff. A bluff. And he knows how to bluff. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this little simple sermon tonight, Lord. I don't know about anybody else, but I needed it. Thank you for sending it to us, Lord Jesus. I pray, Heavenly Father, for each one here those under the sound of my voice, dear God, may you help each of us to be more determined than we ever have been before. Days one, two, three, on up to six, even on day seven, at the beginning of the march, they still didn't see any movement. 
The second trip on day seven, they still didn't. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth. They saw no movement at all until that seventh circle. And it was the seventh that broke it. Praise God. Lord God, and we know that we are in the astronaut age, the seventh age. Early on in this age, they thought it was the coming of the Lord. Early on, they thought what happened on Azusa Street was the original restoration, but we found out it wasn't. They thought when you sent a prophet in those early years that the Lord would come. People quit their jobs and everything. In the 60s, when Brother Branham was here, they thought the Lord was coming right then. That was it. But Lord, one day, the seventh day of the seventh age of the seventh hour under the seventh seal, it will all synchronize together. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And the dead in Christ shall rise first in our seventh morning. Oh, I hear the prophet called it there in Satan's evening, the God of this evil age, when he said, whenever at the dawn of that seventh morning, Yes, Lord. The Lord Jesus, until that time arrives, we may have some non-eventful days. We may have some non-miraculous days. Days when it will seem so monotonous. We're doing the same things we did the day before and the day before. But Lord, we know those days are not barren or fruitless because a life lived by the word is the word expressed. Enoch did not just live loose and cold and indifferent until the very last day of his life and then he got right with God. He lived many non-miraculous days and many non-eventful days, but all of those days led up to that one day when he was changed. Praise God. Oh, Jesus, we realize that's the way the rapture will unfold itself. It's not just that great something that'll happen that last day. It's a day-by-day walk. As the Bible says, Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. But he had this testimony before he left that he pleased God. I want to please you on the non-eventful days, Lord. I want to please you on the non-miraculous days because they're building up to the miraculous times that are coming. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Lord. I pray you'd move among the people tonight, Father. You see what they have need of. Minister to them, would you, Lord God? In the name of Jesus, praise the Lord. Would you do me a favor? Would you lay your hand over on the person standing near you there? And let's just offer a word of prayer. Maybe they're having some of those non-eventful times of their life. They're just kind of low. They're not ready to quit. By no means, they're not ready to give up. But they just find themselves going through a low spot. And they'd really just like to have a little strength and encouragement from the Lord tonight. Would you just pray for them? Fathers, we have our hands laid one upon the other. We're praying for one another. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Would you minister to the needs of your people? Father God, I pray for my brother Gary tonight. These musicians sacrificed so much, Lord. I pray for strength for all of them tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus, would you minister to them, Lord? They give and they give and they sacrifice and they practice and they give their worship time, Lord. 
so that the saints can be able to enter into the service. I pray, Father, you'd minister to every one of them. Lord God, as musicians, they're touched and they're gifted, but yet, Lord, we also need a refreshing from you. I pray for them tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. May the Spirit of God help them if they find themselves on on a circle and they can't seem to get off of it, Lord. And they play the guitar, they play the drums, they play the the bass or the piano, the organ, and and they do it, and they do it because they're called to, but Lord, they need, they need a refreshing from your presence. I pray for them tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, I pray for the deacons. I pray for the ministers, every one of them here, Lord. Heavenly Father, they sacrifice the deacon brothers do. Dear God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd minister to everyone in this building tonight, Father. Those that would love to be here and can't be here tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you that you'd let a fresh anointing come upon Harry, Lord. May the Spirit of God anoint him, Lord, I pray. I don't believe we've seen our better days. I don't believe, Lord, we're gonna live on the past memory of what we were. I believe the bride's better days is laying right before her. I believe great things are ahead of us as the people of God. We claim it as your people. The prophet tells us, keep walking, children of the evening light, and more will unfold itself. I don't believe we've yet arrived at the fullness of what you want us to be. But oh God, we wanna come here to this place with great expectation, Lord. Each service that we come, no matter who's preaching, because it might be at that particular service that you would choose to manifest yourself in a way that we've all longed to see. Heavenly Father, we don't wanna be in a circle here in our place. We're so glad to have it and we thank you for it, but we don't wanna get in a routine. We don't wanna get into just, well, it's church as usual. But Lord God, we want to come and expect you to do the great things that you've always done. The prophet said, we long to have those apostolic times moving among us. He said, we see them among us, but we long to see them more and in a greater way. He also told us to ask for big things and ask for lots of them. So Lord, we're asking for our children. We're asking for our husbands, our wives, our loved ones, Father. Those that are backslid, Lord, how many have we baptized already since we've been here? And I believe there's gonna be more to come. Heavenly Father, may we not settle down in this little circle of worship in our new place and say, well, I guess we've arrived. Oh no, Lord, there's higher heights, there's deeper depths, there's places we've never walked before. Oh Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus, anoint our faith, anoint every minister that's here, part of us, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, anoint every mama to pray for her children like never before. Anoint every daddy. I pray, Lord, every Holy Ghost feels saint here, Father. May you give us a fresh baptizing of the Holy Ghost, oh Lord, until our souls are saturated with the presence of God, until every fiber of our being is so shook, Lord, that we don't worry about money. We don't worry about this or that or the other, but Lord, we're worried about the Father's business and we're concerned about the lost soul and we're concerned about the backsiders. Oh, Lord God, we worship you tonight, Father. We want to praise you on the non-eventful days. We want to praise you on the non-miraculous days so when the miracle days come, we can really worship. But Heavenly Father, we prove who we are on those days. We want to show you, Lord. We want to be faithful. We don't want to be weary, Lord God, in well-doing.
We love you tonight, Father. We worship you, Lord. Oh, we bless your name, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, Father. Amen. Can we just raise our hands in the presence of the Lord now? Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Look, friend, if the Lord has helped you to identify that circle you're in there tonight, it's of the devil. Oh, may God give you faith. May God give you boldness to stick your foot out and sow that carousel down and say, all right, devil, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. You've held me captive. You held me down here. You've robbed me of my health. You've robbed me of my peace and my joy. I'm sick of it. I'm coming out of here like that little Mexican woman did. 250 ushers couldn't hold her back. The prophet said she climbed over the top of them ushers. She went down between their legs. She went over the top of them because she had a need. Oh, Lord God, if we'd get that desperate tonight like that little Mexican woman would, oh, Father, what would it be for all of us in this place to say, I've got to have a renewing. I've got to have a refreshing. I've got to have a stirring inside of my heart. I don't want it to be church as usual. I don't want to get back in a circle that I just get in this routine. I want to go higher and higher and higher in Christ Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, Father. We bless your holy name, Lord. Sing something for us, Harry. Can we just worship a little bit now before we go? How many has been having a non-eventful Wednesday? A non-miraculous Wednesday? Or what do you say we make the best of it? Let's just worship God. Let's get ready for maybe a miraculous Thursday or a miraculous Friday or a miraculous Saturday. I don't know what day is coming, but your day is coming. Your miracle is coming. Your healing is coming. Just don't be weary and well done. Keep confessing. But Brother Donnie, what if it don't happen? You keep believing it until all three of you get lined up. Amen. And then you watch that devil. He'll be scared to death. No wonder the prophet of God kept trying to get us to see who we were. I told you, friend, on Sunday, God don't want you focusing on this preacher and that preacher. God wants you to come to the spot to where you know who you are. As a child of God, you don't have to take the devil's trash. You don't have to take the devil's lies. God wants you to be victorious in Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Oh, friends, look, don't, I, I didn't tell you that story about Erica so you'd feel sorry for us. No, no, no. I know you do. I know you do. Now, thank you for that. I don't want pity. I want faith, a rallying of faith. We're not giving in. We're not giving up. We're believing stronger than ever before. You with me? You with us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship him together. Can we? I don't know you got to work tomorrow, but who knows? There may not be no tomorrow. Let's just worship him with all of our hearts, can we? Let's just praise him. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you imagine a pretty non-miraculous day, huh? Pretty non-eventful day. Bleeding stripes sitting there. Paul inside us. Oh, my. Didn't seem like they'd have nothing to praise him for. Blood running down their backs. 
Felt like they were forsaken. Oh my. And in the oh glory to God. Erica, honey, right there in the house, raise your little hands up in the presence of God. Worship Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord God. Blessed be the Lord God. Father, we worship you today, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. What are we going to do? Oh, God, I bless your name, Lord God. Oh, let's bless his name, saints.
Father. Thank you, Father. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't feel you, Lord, I worship you. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. Yeah. 
tonight sweet Jesus we bless you Lord praise your holy name Father thank you Lord God hallelujah hallelujah oh Lord we worship you we bless your name hallelujah we want hell to know tonight we are unmoved we want hell to know tonight we are undefeatable the army of the living God. Hell will not stop us. Sickness will not change us. Death itself cannot even keep us away from him whom we love. For I am persuaded neither height nor depth nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor death, nor life, nor whatever more it is can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. On uneventful days, I'm inseparable. On non-miraculous days, I'm undefeatable. On feeling days, when I feel you, I'm undefeatable. And when I don't feel you, I'm undefeatable. Hallelujah. When I don't feel like preaching, I'm still undefeatable. Hallelujah. We worship you tonight, Lord God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just sing one more before we go. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Praise your holy name. This means war. Praise the Lord. This means war. Thank you, Lord. Well, this means war. This means war, devil. Devil, this means war. on my trail but I'm singing all his will come on now first verse I got joy in my soul cause God's in control I got Satan on my trail but I'm singing all his will he's attacking every day but I'm watching while I pray. No matter the attack, I won't turn back. Cause this means war. Oh, this means war. Yes, this means war. This means war.
you, Lord Jesus. See you Sunday. I got joy in my soul, but God is in control. I got Satan on my trail, but I'm singing all is well. He's attacking every day, but I'm watching while I pray. No matter the attack, I won't turn back. Oh, this means
watching while I pray. No matter the attack, I won't turn back. Cause this means war. This means war. Oh, this means war. This means war. Oh, this means war. This means war. Oh, this means war. Oh, I got joy. this course. It's already done. Let's sing this tonight for Sister Erica. Oh, it's already done. Oh, hallelujah. It's already done. Praise the Lord. The battle is over and the It's 
It's all. 